Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. Today I'd like to welcome our guest, Dr. Yusuf Salibi, or JP as his friends call him, who's going to talk to us today about long COVID and low-dose naltrexone. Thank you for joining us today. Linda, it's always a pleasure. Well, I should probably start off by saying that um, early on in the pandemic, uh, when it was made aware by uh, doctors uh, like Peter McCulley and Vlad Zelenko, that there were options for early treatment uh, using some medications, maybe off-label, but they seemed to be effective and uh, safe. And uh, so I sort of jumped on board, especially with the FLCCC. That's an organization of critical care COVID doctors who actually formally upload protocols for treating acute COVID and treating long haulers or long COVID and also uh, post-COVID syndromes, and also some injuries uh, related to uh, just the COVID S spike protein. We'll leave it at that. So uh, they are very well um, educated, uh, credentialed doctors and researchers, um, one of which uh, Paul Merrick is a well um, written, he's contributed probably more articles in acute care medicine than almost any other doctor in the United States. And uh, of course, he he um, looks at all the research and wouldn't ever put, put anything on their protocol that wasn't backed up by science. So the advent of this novel SARS-CoV-2 virus, this coronavirus, has a very pathological portion of it called the spike protein or the S spike protein, of which there are two components, the S1, and the S2 components. The S1 seems to be the most pathologic since it actually will attach to ACE2 receptors. These are receptors on some 70 plus uh, tissues in our body. Uh, of greater importance are the ones in the liver and the lung and in the endothelium. The endothelial lining are the lining, the inner lining of our blood vessels. And there are, they're loaded with uh, ACE2 receptors. And the S-spike will actually attach to it and cause a in major inflammatory response. They call it a cytokine storm. There are cytokines and chemokines which form a cascade which increases inflammation. Now, that inflammation can actually be measured uh, by some biomarkers. But it, it appears to be a little bit elusive with some of the biomarkers, but interleukin-6 is one. Sometimes you can pick it up with uh, CRP, C-reactive protein. And then if there's injury and clot formation in the vessels, sometimes if there's enough of it, you can pick up the degradation product called D-dimer. The D-dimer test will be elevated. So this is a very dangerous thing. Um, this COVID injury, I'll call it COVID illness injury, is extremely dangerous. It's resulting in a lot of people with blood clots and tissue damage, strokes, and heart attacks. 
there are numerous cases now, there's a big rise in the number of young people in their 40s and 50s who are dying suddenly without any other known cause. And uh, we can be contributed to this spike protein or spikeopathy is what we call it. Now the FLCCC has gone out of its way to uh, educate doctors and nurses and healthcare practitioners on what the spikeopathy is. They had a conference in Orlando last year and they have an upcoming conference uh, this, this, this year in 2023 in Fort Worth, Texas in April. I'll be speaking there again. But part of the uh, protocol that's relevant to the LDN and the society is the fact that the low-dose naltrexone has been a big part of the FLCCC protocol, not so much for the acute because it takes a while for LDN to start working, but certainly for long haulers or long COVID and post-COVID syndromes, uh, they are um, you know, in the top five interventions. I use it ex almost exclusively in every single one of my patients who I see for COVID illness injury. We have also uh, established um, a COVID illness recovery center at our offices in South Carolina, and we are taking clients from all over uh, all over the country and actually all over the world. Um, there's a, a term that I coined called CLMD, COVID literate medical doctor. This was borrowed from the ILADS organization where they have LLMDs or Lyme literate medical doctors. So not all clinicians understand Lyme disease and how to diagnose and treat it properly. Same can be said for COVID. Not all clinicians know about COVID and the proper diagnostics and treatment options available. So it's very important for those who have um, any kind of COVID illness related or suspect it, sometimes it's very elusive. We actually get patients who claim that they've never been infected with COVID. They don't ever recall being sick ever with a respiratory infection. And yet when we measure their IgG spike proteins, they're pretty high. So we know they've had exposure. Uh, the other way you can get high levels of IgG spike protein is with the mRNA uh, vaccines. But where, however you get it, whether infected or injected and you suffer some um, unusual symptoms and it could be all over the place, chronic fatigue, loss of sense of smell and taste, um, exercise intolerance or post-exercise fatigue, uh, different kinds of rashes and skin conditions, problems with your liver and immune dysfunction and endocrine dysfunction issues with clotting and clotting disorders, any of those kind of unusual symptoms that you've never had before, including onset of type one and type two diabetes, onset of autoimmune diseases, the whole gamut of autoimmune, 120 plus autoimmune diseases. That's cause for the red flags to go up and for you as a patient to seek care from a COVID literate medical doctor who understands the pathophysiology understands what tests are necessary and uh, can implement appropriate treatment. I have found out through the course of the pandemic that sometimes uh, certain off-label drugs are not um, necessarily all effective 
by themselves. Some of them can be. There's a one drug uh, off-label that's an antiparasitic that actually has antiviral properties, and sometimes within two days, patients are better in the acute phase. In the chronic phase, it's not as easy a fix as that, and we often have to add LDN and pair LDN with some other agents like methylene blue, like oxytocin, which is a hormone, like uh, rapamycin, and um, other agents, other um, antiparasitics like Alinea, uh, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin. So when we pair those with LDN, they tend to work symbiotically. Uh, another group of uh, interventions are peptides, healing peptides. These have been um, in the works, experimented on, and researched for over 30 years. And they're very helpful, and they're very safe. They can be administered IV, subcutaneously, or even orally. Things like BPC-157, TB4-FRAG, and especially thymosin-alpha-1, or TA-1, is a very effective anti-inflammatory um, peptide when paired up with LDN works marvelously. The other thing we pair up with LDN, and this goes beyond COVID, this will actually help with our cancer patients in preventing recurrence of cancer, are cannabinoids, things like CBD, CBS, CBN, and Delta-8. So I routinely will co-prescribe LDN with a CBD product. And timing is everything. A research study was um, uh, back in 2021 showed that if you give LDN first and then wait a couple of hours and then dose your CBD, there's actually a further 33% reduction in recurrence of cancer than taking them at the same time or taking CBD first followed by LDN even though all three arms of that study showed a decrease in cancer recurrence, it was only the one that was most effective was LDN first, CBD second. So there are a lot of caveats for those that are LDN specialists. And Linda can tell you that this organization, the LDN Research Trust, is paramount uh, mission is to educate doctors to become LDN specialists so they can help their patients. Uh, whether it's COVID, autoimmune diseases, infectious diseases, cancer, et cetera. So Linda, that's my little, little talk. If you wanna ask any questions, um, I'll be happy to answer them. No, I think you've uh, pretty well nailed it there. We do have about three minutes left. Have you any pearls of wisdom? for those people that are suffering from long COVID? Yes, it's it's a chronic progressive disease. And if you don't get it identified, and it, and it could be uh, a matter of just a few days, a few weeks after the COVID infection that some somebody comes in with long haulers, or it could be eight months to a year or even longer. We just don't know yet. And we don't know how long this S spike protein will stay in our system. There's ways to get rid of it by detoxing such as autophagy or autophagy and mitophagy. Those are where the mitochondria or the cell itself will sort of clean itself up. And LDN is very helpful in that process. 
uh, because it's inflammation that really causes a lot of problems. So we do know that some of the mechanisms of action with LDN are for their anti-inflammatory properties. So LDN becomes a critically important uh, intervention in folks with long COVID and with COVID-related illnesses and disorders. So I think because of the massiveness of this um, pandemic and the large number of people who've been infected and a large number of people who've been injected, uh, we are going to see for decades to come a lot of S-spike protein-related uh, disease. And we need to train our doctors to be able to know to handle how to treat these people and get these people back to a state of wellness. And do we know yet what type of time frame it takes to get them back to wellness after COVID or long COVID? Right. Well, the acute COVID situation is easier and quicker. I mean, some people are better in two days up to two weeks. With long haulers, it's all over the place. We have people that suffer for two to three weeks. We have people that are suffering for months or even years now. Um, so uh, we don't know yet. All the, all the answers are not in. A lot of research remains to be done. We need more randomized clinical trials, which are not being funded yet, but need to be, to study and understand the disease process. So there's components of um, the um, S-spike. There's components of the mRNA itself and also nanoparticles episodes uh, that are also a factor in the pathology. And interestingly enough, we are finding that those that suffer, suffer the worst are folks with other underlying chronic illnesses, whether it's autoimmune, Lyme disease, mycotoxin illness, heavy metals, leaky gut, anything that's chronic, they tend to have a worse time of it. Okay. Well, thank you very much for sharing your experience with us today. Okay. Always a pleasure, Linda. And uh, we'll see you at the conference in Pennsylvania. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.